wife about a four-year-old boy who was visiting him to place his hand on her belly and feel the baby kick. His little face scrunched as he felt the kick, and he said, how does the baby get out of there? Well, the aunt wanted to keep it very simple, so she said, the doctor will help her. The little boy's eyes widened in amazement, and he said, you've got a doctor in there too? (laughs) Of course, we know she didn't have a doctor in there with her. She had to make her way to the hospital and to the ER, and there her doctor would be there to help her. Actually, I think, I, I don't know much about giving birth, but I think moms would love it if there was a doctor in there to help out at that moment. The Bible teaches us God the Holy Spirit is inside each person who has believed and been saved. It is my experience as a preacher and a teacher that often we misunderstand the role of God the Holy Spirit. We often kind of think of him somewhere down the rung of the ladder from God the Father and a few steps down from God the Son. But when you read Scripture, God the Holy Spirit is equal to all three in one. He too is God. And the Apostle Paul, in our Scripture reading this morning, as he addressed this young church in Ephesus, in Ephesians chapter 1, spoke about the Trinity. He laid the foundation for the rest of his letter in the first chapter of Ephesus, of Ephesians. And he began by looking at God the Father in verses 3. And, and he talked about the Father's the blessing of chosenness, or he talked about the Father actually knowing before the foundation of the world who we were. He identified that the Father... Uh, had the blessings, and we would have the blessings of the sonship, of being with the Father, and that close to Him. And then he went on to speak about the Son. He spoke about God the Son, who is redemption and and takes us and saves us from, from that powerful control that the evil one would try to impose on our lives. And he speaks about Jesus as being the Redeemer, the Savior, the one who, who redeems us and leads us into that eternal place. Let us rejoice this morning as we remember Pastor Freddie. Audrey is experiencing that final walk. She is experiencing climbing the hill of glory and seeing the Son of God at the top of that hill with the angels and the cherubim surrounding him. And she now is worshiping with him. And he is loving her completely in all that she is and will be for eternity. But I want to turn our attention this morning to the blessings of God, the Holy Spirit. Our text this morning speaks about God, the Holy Spirit. I think I have an overhead here somewhere. Yep, I do. Where was that? Did I leave my clicker? My wife's going to rescue me. She has my clicker. You see, I I like to use these things because I'm a man. It's like TV at home. I've got to have the remote. Nobody else can possess that thing. So this is a man clicker here. 
And so we're talking this morning about God the Holy Spirit. And our passage of Scripture, verse 13, tells us that believers are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, believers are sealed with the Holy Spirit. In Him you also are, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, it's important to understand that Paul doesn't say the Holy Spirit seals us, but he says we were sealed with him. And so we are one possession. We are sealed with God's Holy Spirit. He is referred to as the Holy Spirit of promise. The Old Testament, our passage of Scripture, Esther 8.8, or Ezekiel 26.6, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Way back in the Old Testament, God was prophesying that the day would come when you would be indwelt with a new person, with a new heart, The old would pass away and the new would become. Why would God give his spirit to dwell in us? To cause us to walk in God's word and do his will. All of man's religions and this pluralistic society that is now evolving in the 21st century All the spiritualism that is trying to take place is outward obedience to external rules and regulations. But not Christianity. Not Christ followers. Christianity is based on God himself in the form of God the Holy Spirit coming inside of us, changing us from the inside out, working from within uh, within to help us and to empower us. My years in the pulpit have taught me how misunderstood the Holy Spirit has been. People reach out looking, crying to receive the Holy Spirit when the truth of the matter is when we find Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we give our lives to Jesus, we don't have to look for the Holy Spirit. We don't have to reach out and seek for Him. He is living within you. He is sealed within your life. Jesus said this when he he identified the Holy Spirit as the living water. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The key word is in him. This living water comes with Jesus. This living water indwells us when we become a believer. That's what it means to be sealed. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the living water. 
What does Paul mean by saying the believers are sealed with the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a couple of things I want us to look at this morning quickly. The first is the seal is a sig- signifies security. A seal signifies security. Esther 8.8 says this, Now you write to the Jews as you see fit in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring. For a decree which is written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's signet ring may not be revoked. What does that mean for us as New Testament believers? Paul is teaching the church at Ephesus When we believe on Jesus Christ for salvation, the Holy Spirit is given to us as a seal of security. Later on, Paul says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I want to say to you this morning, my beloved friends, the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. Here we see the promise of the eternal nature of salvation, and I say to you this morning, and I'm afraid it's not preached enough from the pulpits, you cannot lose your salvation. You cannot drift away from being saved to being unsaved. The Holy Spirit is the seal that assures your redemption. I tell you that I remember my first pastorate and my wife and I, my first year we went to Herbert, Saskatchewan. I was a young rookie preacher, just out of, still going to Bible college as a matter of fact. But every summer in Herbert, the fruit truck would come and everybody from Herbert would rush down this day for the fruit truck from BC that would bring all the fresh BC fruit and there'd be big lineups of people buying cases. He, he didn't just sell bags of fruit, he sold them by the case. So my wife and I went over there one day and we piled up on fruit. We got peaches and we got pears and we got cherries and we just went home with boxes. And my wife began to can all this fruit, but in the midst of her canning, she got a call from uh, Calgary and she said, I, I need to go home and visit my mom. So you're going to have to finish the canning. And so I'd been watching her and and listening to her instructions. So I began to can the cherries. And I was so proud of myself when those about 18 jars of cherries were finished. I had my chest puffed out. I thought my wife is really going to be happy with me. And I took the cherries downstairs and put them in our, our storage room with the rest of the fruit that she'd canned. And I thought, so proud of myself. And a few weeks later, we had some folks from the church over for a Sunday afternoon barbecue. And so the barbecue was over, and I thought, we need dessert. I'm going to show off my cherries. So I went downstairs, got into the pantry, picked up a bottle of cherries and looked at it. And it was kind of moldy inside. I thought, oh man. So I put that jar away and I picked up another. I went through all 18. We had 18 jars of mold. 
And I asked my wife, I went upstairs, I said, I brought peaches up or something, and I said, I don't know what happened to the cherries. They must have been bad cherries. <laughs> and she said, no, you didn't seal them properly. You didn't turn them upside down in the water and let the water boil and do whatever you need to seal them. Well, I want to say to you this morning, my beloved, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're sealed properly. You are sealed for redemption. The seal of security. But secondly, we want to, I'm, I'm going to move along here. Secondly, this is my favorite passage of Scripture where Jesus says in John and he's speaking about the sheep. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And then he goes on to say, and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my father's hands. My father who has given to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hands. I don't know about you, but you need to underline that passage of Scripture. You need to have that buried in your heart because that's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can take you out of the father's hands. When I do this at camp with young people, I often use that passage of Scripture, and I'll get two of the biggest young people in the room, two big dudes, and I'll come up there, and I'll put a coin in my hand, and I'll say, this is my life. And now I said, the first one, I want you to come, and let me use a couple of these big dudes here. Come on, big fella. The two of you, the two big dudes right here, stand up and present yourself. I haven't got a coin. Who's got a coin? They're broke? I'm broke. We have a coin in here. Imagine it. It's in there. That's my life. That's my coin. Now you wrap your hands around me. Those are the hands of Jesus, or God the Father, wrapped around me. Now you wrap your hands around him. Those are the hands of Jesus. Who is going to get you out of there? Who is going to take away your life? No one, nothing, not even you can get you out of there because these are big boys. That's what seal of security means. Secondly, we want to look at not only the seal is a, represents security, but we want to look at the indwelling seal signifies ownership. The dwelling seal signifies ownership. I have read all of the books of the Left Behind just because I find them interesting fiction. And let me say they are fiction. Even the authors say these are fiction. But there are some unique truths in there that come out of the book of Revelation. And one of the unique truths, although I'm not sure it happens the way they predicted in their books, is the believers are sealed and are identified as belonging to God. I drive truck now, hoping every, every Tuesday when I go out, when I get home, there will be a message from, from some church wants me to come and preach. So I'm always blessed when that happens. You can pray for me because next week 
I have for the very first time speak at a United Church, which has got me a little nervous because my wife works with the lady they, their pastor has left and they're without a pastor right now. And she says, do you think your, your, your husband would come and speak to us? She says, I'm sure he would, but you gotta know one thing about my husband. He's an evangelical. He doesn't hold no punches back. And so that's fine, so she called me. So I'm a little nervous. Because I am evangelical and there's nothing they can do about it. But while I drive a truck, there's an interesting thing I see happening. That's because I, my trip is from Airdrie to Grand Prairie, and from Grand Prairie back to Airdrie two times a week. And I pass a lot of logging trucks on the way, climbing hills. And I'm always amazed at their logs. When I see them on a logging truck, you'll see the, the butt of the tree, and they'll always have some sort of number on each of the logs. And I thought, that must be the length of the log or something, or it must be the weight. So one time I got stopped at the scale for a log book inspection, and I happened to ask the DOT officer, I said, what, what are those numbers on the back of those logs all about? Are they different weights or lengths or what? He said, oh, no, no, that's, that's like a brand. You see, the company who cuts them down puts their brand on those logs so when they get to the lumber mill, the lumber mill will know who owns them. And that's how they're identified. I want to tell you, my friends, that the Holy Spirit of promise is a seal of ownership. God has no problem finding out who his kids are because God the Holy Spirit indwells us. And we are sealed by the authority of God to be his unto eternity. God has put his seal on us because he has purchased us by his own son. And that seal is the guarantee that no matter what may happen, we will always belong to God. If we could just understand that, and if we could just comprehend the depth of that, God has no problem determining who his kids are. Paul said in Corinthians, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. The day you were saved, the Lord Jesus Christ, who paid for you with his precious blood on Calvary, became your new master. He owns us. If he owns us, then we should be able to do what the master wants. I had this one quote talking about slavery. When your master has spoken, if the master commands, the servant simply obeys without question. Well, my friends, you and I belong to Jesus. We belong to Jesus. He is our Lord. We don't use the word master. We use the word Lord. 
He is our Lord and Savior. When our Lord says you should be holy, then that living and dwelling spirit moves us day by day by day by his gentle voice down the holiness road. When the Master says you should not forsake joining together in an assembly of God, how many of you, when you play hooky from church, and I know probably you don't, but just in case you do, whenever you play hooky from church, do you ever feel guilty? Do you ever feel uncomfortable? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit living in you and working in you and encouraging you. The Holy Spirit does not bully us. He does not demand with a authoritarian voice. He comes with a still, quiet voice. What we need to do as believers who are sealed with the Holy Spirit is be sensitive to that little quiet voice as he moves us. When your master says you should redeem the time, don't squander it on useless activities. I'm bad. My wife's smiling. You hear what you're saying, Pastor? As I turn the TV in and watch my sports for four or five hours or so, I've been known to go as long as 15 or 16. And you know, often when I'm doing that, I hear that little voice in me. Shouldn't be going downstairs to your office and working on that Bible study or working on that sermon, working on that moment. See, the Holy Spirit indwells us. He indwells you. He indwells me. There's one other thing I want to show you. The Holy Spirit is given as a pledge. The word pledge is interesting, and one of the Bible commentaries puts it this way. It was a commercial term probably brought west by the Phaeacian traders. It means strictly the first installment of a gift or payment, a put down, a a down payment, or a pledge for something that's coming. And the Holy Spirit is our pledge that something is coming. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our lives. Let me share it to you this way in closing, this illustration. You are sitting in your home one night, and the doorbell rings. A a man is there, and he says, I'm a lawyer with such and such a firm, and we're trying to locate a relative of a missing person. Your name is so-and-so? Did your mother come from... Come, did your mother come to this country from Scotland 50 years ago? And did she have a brother who went to Australia? You say, well, yes, as a matter of fact, that's true. We have the family Bible here. It's all written down. There's my mother. She was born in Edinburgh on such and such a date. She had a brother, and he went to Australia, and we never heard from him again. Well, says the lawyer, that's wonderful news. This is the last link to the evidence. Your brother went to Australia, and he had a son to whom he left his fortune. The son died without an heir. 
The lawyers in Australia have traced his, his heritage back to Scotland, and Scotland people have traced it over here. And we have come to you because we believe that you are the next of kin. You say, wow, that's great. Well, it's clear I'm the one you're looking for. Well, the lawyer says, I'm happy to inform that, that you have a large inheritance. You say, wow, I can get that new Chevy now I've been looking for. He says, no, it's a very large inheritance. Oh, maybe a Cadillac. In fact, your uncle had a huge investment in Apple stock and owned large oil refineries. You say, great, a Rolls Royce. The lawyer says, now, of course, it's, it's in the courts, and you can't get anything very soon except the down payment. Your uncle owned hundreds of thousands of acres of sheep ranches. Oil and gold have been discovered there. It's going to be three or four years before you get it all, but they, have a, they do have a little down payment that's ready for you now. Disappointed look on her face. Well, how much is that little down payment then? The little down payment is $14 million. You say to yourself in amazement, the down payment is $14 million. If that's the little down payment, what's the whole thing going to be? The Holy Spirit is our down payment. What's the whole thing going to be? The Holy Spirit changes our lives from what we were to what we can become. But what's the whole thing going to be? The whole thing is eternity. No accountant, no bank manager could ever add up and put a price on what the whole thing is for you and me. I wonder, I wonder. Have you received the down payment? Is the Holy Spirit living in your lives? How's the fruit? How's the fruit? When God looks at the jar of your life, what's going on inside? I fear, I fear for the North American church. I fear that we've heard the gospel for so long, often we just assume we're there. You know when you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, he speaks inside. I've often had the chance over the years to preach on hell. It's not one that's spoken about very much in today's churches. The reality, it is a place. And when I speak of it, I get frightened. 
I get frightened inside. You see, I see hell like a, a sphere, a cylindrical sphere. When you're outside of Christ and you pass on, you pass on into that sphere. And that sphere is like shot out into space where there's no stars, no sun, no moon, no God. And no other sphere beside you. And you're out there. Alone. In the darkness. Forever and ever and ever and ever. That scares me. That scares me inside. And old Slewfoot starts to get after me. But I come back to the scriptures, the holy scriptures of God, and I come back to John chapter 25 that says, no one can take me out of the Father's hands. I am secured and I am owned by God. And that voice inside of me explodes and my fear disappears. I cannot end, well, you know me, I cannot end any service that I ever do by asking, are you without Christ? You can't be sealed without Christ. God has wonderful, indescribable blessings that await us who believe. And the Holy Spirit of God lives in you to remind you through this precious word what those blessings are. And right now you just have the down payment if you're a Christ follower. Father, your word is special. And I pray, Father, that you will take from these thoughts the truth from your word, extract from them any human error that might be present, and explode, Holy Spirit, the truth of your word. May our hearts be filled with praise, knowing full well that we simply have the down payment today. And the great blessing awaits us. I pray, Father, that you would, by your Spirit, impeach that thought in Pastor Freddie's heart these days. That his mom, his, his mama bear, is now received the full payment. I pray, Father, that you will make that very alive to him and his family. And I pray, Father, that you would cause us to walk each day in fresh and anew, knowing that the Holy Spirit lives in us and that he is God. And he quietly wants to move us forward to that eternal place. But as we trod this earth, Holy Spirit, change us, empower us, and equip us. 
For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure who's going to lead the final.